everybody. See, I came in, you thought, is he going to keep playing? Maybe. <laughs> I might. Could play the whole podcast. I am T-O-V-I-S-E-V-E-N. Toby7. I am with always the... Oh, Jesus. That was... <laughs> you made me sound ominous. You sound like a fart. <laughs> Z. I'm so out of tune, I can't sing. Z goes. Hey. Z goes. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back to our ridiculously little tiny podcast where a couple people might be listening. Guys, have you checked the email to see if anyone's ever emailed us? I did. We got nothing except some weird spam. That's nice. All right. So, uh, Toby7 with. Huh? The guys who just saw a, the cat tried to go into our garage and then left the garage. Yeah, fuck that cat, dude. All we right. should probably shut the garage door. If there's mice in there, we'll get it. I don't know. We'll figure it out. All we'll right. talk about it later. It's not cool. the time. All right. Mediocre marriaging and other observations. Today, we got a special little podcast for you guys. We couldn't think of a fucking topic. So what we do is, Guz writes down a bunch of things in a notebook. And whenever we're like, hey, that might be a good podcast topic, we jot it down for you. Just so we can cover it. And a lot of stuff we've never covered. So, we don't really have fully defined thoughts on a lot of these things. So I'm like, hey, guys, let's just fucking do a potpourri podcast. That's what we're calling it. The first um, buy-in. I don't know who. I don't know how often they're going to occur. The potpourri <laughs> podcast, everybody. Potpourri podcast. The potpourri podcast. It consists of me and Gus looking through scribbles in a notebook and us talking some shit. I could do that all day. Um, what's the date? Today? 7th, 16th? What's the day? Uh, January 20th. Thursday. Yes, Thursday. Good. January 20th. Okay. Look at that. Today's Thursday, January 20th, 2022. I hate the number two. I think it's an ugly fucking number and I hate writing it. Um, honey Bunny, Sugar Bear. Yeah. What do we have first under Potpourri Podcasting? Well, I'm going to go to one that, I, because you got the day right, but sometimes you, you usually pick Tuesday, regardless of what day it is. It always feels like a Tuesday. Yeah, but today you were right. It's Thursday. So I will go for THC and memory. So back in the fall, there was a day that you had fallen asleep on the Chase Lounge in our living room for about 45 minutes and then woke up and randomly handed me a cherry tomato from the garden. Okay, so guys, listen, I want to be real clear about this. One, I actually read that statement to Guz, and I said, do you have any fucking idea what that's about? And she goes, no. So she doesn't even remember. Let's not put it all, let's not put the, the, what's it called, the... Onus? Yeah, on me, the the onus on me of forgetting everything all the time. Guz doesn't even remember what the hell she wrote down when she wrote it down. No, but but I remember it happening now that I'm reading it. Like, oh, yeah, I wrote that down on, on purpose because I thought it was funny. I do forget things. My memory is terrible. And if you know me and you're my friend and you know who I'm talking about, you understand that I forget stuff all the time. Well, I just said, and I'm, I'm not even sure that it was a forgetful thing. It just was a little bit more obscure. Well, you know, shit happens. I have sleep problems. But you wrote that down as a podcast topic? I don't know why. Me handing you a cherry tomato. Yeah, I don't know. It was very poignant. It's something. We're going to have to move on from this deadbeat conversation. What else do we have? Pavlov. 
Pavlov. I think we've talked about that. Have we talked about Pavlov? Yeah, how I, I don't want to say trained you. How I tricked you into getting me a beverage every single time? Did we talk about that? I think we did. I'll recap in case we didn't. How many episodes are in are we? This is 24. Episode 24. In case we haven't mentioned it, I did this thing with Guz with a wine glass where I slowly and methodically got her to where every time I tapped my empty wine glass on something, she would immediately, just without ask or question, get up and refill my wine glass. Now, I understand that sounds like a dickhead move, but... Hear me out on this. <laughs> I was doing research. And I was curious if it would work. It Guys, did. did it work? It did work. Absolutely fucking work. It got to the point where I didn't even have to ding my glass. If I just held my hand out a certain way, she automatically got up and got me one. So, it works. I also did the thing in a car where I would intentionally hit fucking the curb. curb. And then eventually I would stop hitting the curb and she would still jerk forward like I did. Pavlov works, right? It's a good, it's a good situation. It works. It does work. What, what Pavlovian thing would you like to train me to do? I don't know. I can't tell you and then train you because it might not be as effective if I told you. It's a very good point. It's a good strategy. All right. All right. What else we got? Potpourri podcasting. Okay. Explain. If you're always playing the devil's advocate to your spouse. Should you anticipate that rather than realize it in, in hindsight? I guess that's more of like a should I be anticipating you to always because you always play the devil's advocate. I Not really, always, I but really a enjoy lot. That position. A lot. I enjoy that position. Um, what's your thoughts on always playing the devil's advocate with your spouse? Um, well, it depends on the relationship you have with your spouse. You got to be able to talk to each other. Like, for example, okay, if you can't handle the phrase. I'm going to call bullshit on that. So I can say that phrase to Guz, and Guz can say that phrase to me. I'm going to call bullshit on that, and neither one of us takes it personally. We're like, all right, well, tell me more. Where are you getting there? So I like to play devil's advocate because, I don't know if I mentioned before, but I was good in debate in high school and college. I like speech. I like debate. And I like looking at things from perspectives that I don't necessarily agree with. Just because I feel like it helps me move forward a little bit more. So uh, that's my opinion about being... I like being the devil's advocate just because I feel like it helps us both grow and learn. But it only works because we're both open to uh, talking and communication, which is often the most important thing. Absolutely. So what's, what was the question again? So God, it, it's I'm about sorry, playing... guys, de- for the trough of the fucking animal. It's about playing devil's advocate. And so, yes, you like to do that. And... I guess the point that I've had to come to the realization of is that I know you do that. So it's better for me when I think about that, when we're having a conversation, you start saying, eh, I need to remind myself that that this is just something you do and to not take it personally rather than realizing it in hindsight that like sometimes you play devil's advocate just to see where the conversation goes and we ultimately, you ultimately are like, yeah, I think, okay, I agree with what you were saying. Like, now I see your point. Yeah. But you needed to argue with, with what the point was initially, just because that's who you are. Yeah, but also, don't ever take anything personally. Well, yeah, no, we've I'm, talked I'm about allowed that. to take certain stances or positions on things that don't affect the status norm or, or the status quo, but 
if if you feel so correct about something, I should be able to question it, and you should be fine with that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And in terms of playing the devil's advocate, it's not like I just do it with you. I no, mean, no, I know that, but in terms of like. Sometimes you do it on things that are unnecessary. Keep talking, I'm gonna come back. Um, so it's not that I feel really strongly about something, but you'll do it on just something random. Keep something talking. that maybe I just heard or, and all that I really have is, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> like, but you'll try to play devil's advocate sometimes on stuff that is unnecessary. Can I have an example? Um, I don't, let's say that I read a news headline and all I had was the headline, like, look, I saw this crazy headline today. And then you'll try to give some counterpoint to it as if I had read the article. And I, But I don't have an opinion or, like, not like I feel strongly about it or even have enough information to engage in the conversation. But it's important for me to remember that that's just kind of who you are. And rather than realizing it in hindsight and being frustrated by something. Just, yeah, my go-to is typically bullshit. My go-to is to typically call bullshit on things. Mm -hmm. Um, if you heard that, that was our dog's tail whipping across the door that is 10 feet away. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like, I like playing devil's advocate. I like doing it with people that I love and I like people, I actually, I like doing it with strangers too. I don't give a shit. I enjoy the fun game. I, I so it's, it's a little verbal chess that I enjoy and you know, fuck them. If you can't hold up your argument, maybe don't have the fucking argument. At least with people that you love and create some engaging conversations. We have great conversations over random shit because of that. Sure, but you have to be open to also having the other person talk some shit. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, I, well, yeah, but I like that too, so. Sorry about that, everybody. You probably um, silence your phone. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Nevertheless, yeah, uh, I like. And I've had friends that I played devil's advocate with and never never had a problem. It's not like any of me and my friends have ever come to close to blows because we disagree over... Well, there's one exception to that. Oh. Kermit the Frog. All right, well... You was... and that friend almost, like, you, you were in a uncomfortable... Like, you were mad. Well, listen, you don't fuck with the best puppet that's... I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole... <laughs> What is Kermit the Frog? Okay? He talks some shit about Kermit the Frog. I think that's bullshit. You don't talk about the greatest puppet that has ever existed. And, ever. You don't talk shit. And honestly, all he was doing was playing devil's advocate and trying to get you going. He was. He actually... He actually... This motherfucker had the nerve to say to me, he was like, I bet you you even call him Kermie. And I was like, only when using the Miss Piggy voice. Which I do. <laughs> if I do it, I call him Kermie because that's how it rolls. So, <laughs> but we weren't gonna come to blows. He was just, he was just, you know, poking a bear. But we, it wasn't real blows. No, not but real like, blows. No, I, all me and all my friends, we can have conversations and disagree. I think. Absolutely. So I'm a little torn on the next topic. I think I might go to one that I oh, think we're will done be found. Don't devil's advocate. You ain't got anything to add. I guess it kind of relates. Well, there's two things that I think kind of relate. Um, but no, I don't have anything else to add. I think, right. I think it's important to, even if it's not a conversation with somebody else, to play devil's advocate in your own mind. So if you're reading something, you know, what's the counter argument to it? should always be asking yourself these questions. Yeah. 100% so agree. play devil's advocate with yourself. 
All right. Yeah, I agree. And apparently this podcast is just going to be Guz interviewing me for the next 30 minutes. All right. So oh, well, next up, Guz, what do <laughs> you got? <laughs> Second Amendment. What about owning a cannon? Dude, fucking own whatever you want. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, I, I look. And? And, you know, people are real fucking stupid. That's a problem. The problem... Yeah, uh, oh, shit. I didn't see this coming. Talk about potpourri. Second Amendment. Yeah, I think people should be able to own whatever the fuck they want. The problem is, is that people are involved. And once you get people involved, um, they're really fucking stupid. Most people are really stupid. And I'm, in, I'm including myself. I do stupid shit. I jumped off the garage roof onto my trampoline. I have two fucking smashed discs in my back. I still did it, but I wanted to do it. You want to own things like a firearm, like because you like hunting or, um, you know, you know, a target shooting. Target shooting. If if it's a hobby that you enjoy, dude, more power to you. I don't give a fuck. But the problem is, is that we really have to address the fact that so many goddamn people are getting killed by guns. That's a real mm-hmm. fucking problem. And Aren't there more guns in America than people? There are way more guns in America than people. And Which that, sounds that's weird. That's including children. That's a weird... Like every... That's babies. Like you include babies. That's... I mean... And look, man. We. I, I think... Let me think of my brain. So... Yes. Yes. No. Yes. I'm going to say... Top five homeboys. Top four homeboys. Only one of them doesn't possess a firearm. And I don't own one. Um, I requested that when we got together that you got rid of yours. Because I did own some. And I didn't like it. I don't like guns. Um, I, I did like as a hobby to go shoot targets. I, I had learned how to shoot a long rifle in college. Right. But so to, it, was a, it was a hobby, but I did respectfully with a child in the house. Because just to be clear, that was the reason. It wasn't because you yeah. had a hobby. Like no, if you it, wanted to pick it up now and you're like, hey, I'm going to go buy a nine millimeter and goes just shooting i'd be like all right dude like well if you, i think that's a waste if, of money but you do whatever you'd like to do if i said i was gonna store it like if i just like i don't know if this is even a thing if you could like store your gun at a shooting range like it, if it was that much of a hobby i would have i could have figured out a way to i could i could figure out a way to keep up a hobby i think you can even rent guns at a shooting range so like, if it was that much of a hobby, I would have kept up my hobby. It was just that I was moving in with you and the boy, and the boy was little. And and I agree with you. Guns in the house with children is not something that we do. We don't. I've worked at schools, man. Kids have brought guns to schools. I mean, kids have brought knives to schools. Kids have brought toothbrushes to schools. The problem is that they were all equally accessible. So, don't give me some bullshit argument about, well, kids will bring it. But the problem is that things weren't locked up right i've had kings kids bring pot to school bowls to school i mean fucking name it dude it's because irresponsible people Mm -hmm. so the same fucking people that don't know how to lock up their weed so their fourth grader brings a bowl to school is the same motherfucker that has a gun that just sets it on his nightstand like so well, it's it's a responsibility issue. And kids make impulsive decisions. Frankly, lots of adults make impulsive decisions. That's why the suicide rate with guns is a real problem, especially amongst white men. White men specifically die of guns from suicide more than anybody else on the planet. Yep. Statistically way way higher. And 
But they also have the most guns. Yeah. So statistically, wouldn't that... I think it. I think once you actually do all of the stats, it still is disproportionate. But we can agree that you don't know that for sure. I don't know that for sure. But you but think? I'm pretty sure because I read a book that I didn't dedicate an entire like Did you section do a of the book. Reported on it once in high school. Isn't no. that the classic thing that kids would say? I did a book report on it once. No, I, I read the book for fun. It's um, a Jonathan like, Metzl book called Dying of Whiteness. Sounds like a page turner. It is actually incredibly interesting. Dying of Whiteness. It also talks about you know Medicaid and... you know, The Irish are doing terrible. You know, <laughs> poor white communities choosing to not you know do Medicaid expansion when that was an option. That's and, not the topic. Yeah. Yeah, the topic so, is what? The Second Amendment. And here's the thing, in my opinion. At some point, you have to start looking at like... All right. So when this shit was written, what was popping? <laughs> right. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Let me. Hold on. I have a whole thought here. Oh we, no, I'm excited for it because I, I think I know where you're so going like, with it. We had just become a country out of 13 colonies. We're trying to become something, and we're we're scared of tyranny. To have local militia. So it would be good to have local militia, and now. Listen, motherfuckers, if you think the government can't come and take your guns whenever they want, you would be mistaken. If you're an American, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. If they want your guns, they're going to come take them. Oh, yeah. Like, it's the goddamn U.S. military. What are you talking? What are you talking about? Like, if they want them, they'll take them. You're not going to take my gun. Yeah, they will if they want to. Like, yeah, they will. I, I, I mean, that's one. And two, are we still, like, I feel like... I mean, I don't know, man. That shit was written with a feather. <laughs> I mean, what, what the yes. fuck else do you need? That shit was written with a feather. All right, yeah. times have changed. Now you can have, we have pens in space. True. Space. And as much as I'm Those all... Those motherfuckers have wooden teeth. And as much as I'm all for people owning whatever they want, I think that there should be reasonable exceptions. We know that statistically... People who kill their spouse, like people who have a domestic violence conviction are more likely to end up killing a person with a gun in the future. Mass shooters often have a domestic violence record. So there are certain people that I feel like should not have easy access to guns. Now, this is a tricky piece because obviously the criminal justice system is flawed and not everybody with a conviction actually committed that crime. But we do know that statistically, people who have committed mass shootings and who end up killing other people, there's a large portion of them that have a domestic violence conviction in the background. Yeah. So, and, you, and America leads in nothing at all except number of guns, number of gun sh- killings, and obesity. Like, that's all that America is greatest in is obesity, guns, and gun killings. Crushing it. Yeah, we crush the fuck out of those. But we also don't want to turn into, like, the Australia thing. That, the, the fucking Port Massacre, where that one guy just went berserk. And, the, and Australia was like, all right, well, we're taking all the guns. Now, was that the one that he live-streamed on Facebook? Or that uh, was New Zealand? No, I know, this was a while ago. Oh, okay. Because Australia doesn't allow people that. Most people, most countries don't allow people to have guns. 
Well, no, they take Pretty a much sure. more moderate approach to it. And, like, you don't need a gun. Not everybody needs a gun if you're a hunter. You know what? Okay. Let me take that back. Australia, you're allowed to have a gun. It's just like, oh, what are you doing with it? I hunt with it. Okay. I think it's pretty much that simple. I don't know why it would be more that it's, I don't know. Let's, you know what? That's a very complicated topic. Huge. It's not, I mean, it's another observation. It has nothing to do with our marriage, but uh, it's touchy. And if you have a fucking opinion and you think anything that we said is wrong, you could write us in, coward or not brave person. No, or I, you could write us brave person I or not the, coward. How about that? The Fuck. only way to potentially tie this into our marriage is that when we got together and I was moving in, is that it was a discussion about like, I know that because when I lived alone, I had a long rifle and a nine millimeter. But the discussion was like, hey, when we move in together, you did not want guns in the house. Not with my kid. Yeah. So we had a and that was another good another good example of a time that we had a thorough conversation. And yeah, it's not that it was about being locked up or anything like that. I'm sure it would have been locked up. I'm talking about like just it was unnecessary i felt like i it was i don't know i th- i think it just if everybody has a torch there's a really high likelihood of a fire and and i guess for for I a little just bit like of to take a torch out of the field that's all for a little bit of context in my my practice marriage he was very into guns so they were around the house so the two that i had were in my name so i wasn't going to let him take them and there was a time period when I lived alone after that divorce that I was actually actively scared of him. And when I lived alone, it was a small amount of solace. Not that it actually would have proved useful, but... Yeah, because you got pulled trigger. That's a whole different thing. And I just feel like... I don't know, man. But I rationalized it's... having it when I lived alone yeah, I because I was scared. I feel it. I, I get you. But I wasn't going to be scared living with you. Well, we got a couple big dogs and... A lot of a lot of a lot of sharp stuff. Yeah. Well, even before that, I, I remember you saying how you didn't want a gun because somebody could take a gun off of you. But, I feel like I. But could you fumble. sleep naked and you could run down with a lamp in your hand. So a crazy man running naked First with a lamp all, in his hand. You say that <laughs> makes me sound like a fucking a person named Ichabod wearing a, an ankle length nightgown or some shit. I know you said naked, but like I like I'm wearing a, like a nightcap. Um, just no, feel like I you just, grab a lamp like and go after someone, and I that's get, scary. <laughs> if I get into a tussle with someone, like I prefer close quarters. Shit, I don't know. It's complicated. I can stab the shit out of somebody before I could shoot them. I'd almost prefer it. if somebody broke in. I'd rather stab them. So moving forward, out of that positive note, what else we got? It's oh, on the great well, end. yeah. I mean, do you want Open me to up? go positive or you want me to go go deep? Do we have positive? Because this is getting dark. Um. Hmm. What's the first negative one? And I'll think. I'll try to think of something while we do this potpourri. The first negative one? Yeah. Well, it's another heavy one. I could. We could probably spend a lot of time on it. Uh, politics, news, tribalism, and basically. Nope, skip that. Okay. Next, next no, one. That's a whole um, podcast. We'll come back to that you another time. Put a star time. beside that. We can do that. Put next a star time. next time. Um, tribalism. We'll talk about that. So I think this is a quote from a film that we liked. I can't remember what it was from. I wish that I would have written that down. But the quote was, Bitter men with stale wives think they can make a few quid a year by taking out the local trash. Read that again? Wait, let me read it. Let me see it. Bitter men with stale wives... Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Mm. 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 
Bitter men with stale wives think they can make a few quid a year by taking care of the local trash. Bitter men with stale wives. I think it was a British film. Obviously, it says quid. Yeah, I guess. Um, hmm. Well, what I do guess you think it, it means? I guess if I could take anything out of that is uh, don't ever turn into a bitter man with a stale wife. Fair. Get the fuck out. What the fuck is a stale wife? A bitter man. <laughs> no, but what is a stale wife? I know what a bitter man looks like. What is a They're stale? They're the same thing. It's just the opposite side of the coin. They're unhappy. It's an unhappy... So a wife in a marriage, men get bitter. They get mad. You, and the, you think that women don't? The way they... The way that they uh, present it is different. Sometimes. Men... Nah, hold on. Okay, tell me more. It's been my tell experience more. that more often than not, bitter men, quote unquote, mm-hmm. will react with some sort of impulsive angry they'll say some shit they'll do some shit um it's more of an action it's it's the it's the scissors and rock paper scissors whereas women whenever they're unhappy in the marriage more often than not they'll be it's through inaction so they won't provide this they won't provide that Mm. they stay to themselves they keep close single word answers so they're Excuse paper, me. so they shut things down. They just kind of cover it up. Yep. Hmm. So like... I mean, those are stereotypes. Yeah. But... Honestly, I just had to drive all of that from a quote from a movie that we don't remember. <laughs> I feel like I did a pretty fucking good job. <laughs> you did a pretty good job. All right, thank you, Jesus. But what about the few quid a year by taking out the lo- taking care of the local trash? That's What's the local trash part? Oh. Well, it seems like the local trash are making a, get, f- making a few quid off of the little now and again. But it sounds like the bitter men are... It sounds like the local trash is making the quid off of the bitter men versus the bitter men making the quid off of the local trash. Pimps. <laughs> Drug dealers. I don't know. Uh, okay. I feel like I took that as far as I could take it. Fair Podcast enough. Podcast and potpourri. Made that as positive as possible. Yeah, you did. That was fun. Prostitutes and everything. Um, so let's see if you can make this one positive. Ooh, I like a challenge. Anything you can do, I can do better. I could do anything better than you. Every and this is another quote from a film or something. Okay. Every living thing grows out of every dying thing. Hmm. Hmm. Every living thing grows out of every dying thing. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'll agree with that. And I'll take it to a non-organic level and present it to you in the form of ideas and opinions. And we've talked before on the podcast how no one should be married to their opinions. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody's opinion should be an evolving situation. There is no correct opinion. It's just a constant uphill fight to reach the actual truth and in that statement read it again please every living thing grows out of every dying thing you have an opinion for x amount of time and at some point you're presented some new information and that old opinion is going to die and a new opinion will grow out of it 
it's not that you ignored or forgot all of the previous information it's just now you're applying it to a different lens and seeing it through a different property and you're like oh okay and now you have a new idea out of something that is now forgotten it's kind of like science that's how it's supposed to work yeah so science it's not like the old science was wrong it just was incomplete so now we've learned new things we've had to update yeah so it was right for its time poor fucking pluto right fucking poor didn't even pluto. make a rotation went from planet to fucking i don't know spitball to nothing just like that pluto's still a planet to me he's a planet to me too hashtag team pluto <laughs> <laughs> hashtag team planet pluto Team Planet Pluto. Team Planet Pluto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what I got on that. Is there anything else you'd like to add you want me to expand upon? You can if you'd like. Read the quote again. Make sure every living out. thing grows out of every dying thing. I mean, I think you've covered it pretty well. I mean, I love that you the whole idea thing. I think you're completely right. I mean, in terms of in terms of organic matter, it it obviously is true. I mean, even with relationships, like when I, if you have a dying relationship. At some point along that route, you're going to find another relationship that blossoms. Or at least sprouts or brings new joy. Uh, Or maybe yourself. Maybe you start to blossom. Sure. Because you realize that this is a dying relationship, but through it, you can blossom and grow. Yeah. So that's totally possible and probable. And I think that that happens all the time. It's just part of human beings evolving and getting older. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So that's my take on that. What's up next on Interviewing Toby7? All right. Well, we're at almost 30 minutes. So how many more you want? Go another five, ten. I don't know. Fuck it. Who cares? Hmm. You guys bored? Are you fucking bored? Nobody's listening anyway. We average like 20, I don't know, 18 people. You're doing something. We're doing something. You're That's entertaining. Hmm. Ran out of breath in that last sentence. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Jesus. All right. I guess I'll go with this. So also, it, I want to continue. If anybody wants to know why I say fuck Disney, please email us at mediocre.marriaging at, gmail. at gmail.com. I would love to spend 30 minutes explaining to you why Disney should go fuck itself. What else we got, babe? Um, so, two pathways in life. Out of many, but here's two. Okay. Fuck you pathway versus thrill-seeking. In terms of like, so the, the notes that I have underneath this is, it's a comparison of you and, and your cousin. Like, the fuck you is, I'm not going to get addicted to things. The thrill-seeking ends up sometimes leading to addiction. <sighs> kind of the dopamine rush mm. and, like... That's weird. It's interesting. I don't know if I agree with that now at this point. I don't know when we wrote that, but I don't know if he was a thrill-seeker. R.I.P. And it might not have been him, but we were talking about in generalities, that there's like a thrill-seeking, there's a type of a person that goes down this thrill-seeking pathway, and then there's another type of a person that goes down a fuck-you pathway. Can you define the fuck-you pathway? I think you were referring to yourself, like fuck you, anything you can do, I can do better. If you tell me I can't do something, go fuck yourself, I'm going to prove that I can. I think that's healthy. I mentioned that today in the the class that I spoke to today for your people. I I was like, listen they were asking about how to get out of poverty and i'm like i'm fucking competitive i'm very competitive and i failure was never an option like it's just not an the moment that you have hope that something's gonna happen you've already fucked it up you've already fucked it up 
it's gonna happen and you have to make it happen and if you can't then you can't and that's just reality but if you hope i feel like you've you've already lost the fucking war you've already lost the battle not maybe the war but the battle I guess the only reason, the only part of me that disagrees with you about that statement about hope is based on a quote that I read in a book that I actually really like, is that hope isn't magic. Did you do a book report on it? No, I did develop an entire elective around it. Oh, my apologies. Um, Hope is super smart. Hope isn't magic, hope is work. So if you look at hope as work, like I hope Mm. being that tomorrow, our tomorrows can be better than our todays. And all of this is from a book by Duray McKesson. Fantastic book. On the other side on the the other side of freedom, the case for hope. But his point of view is that hope should not be looked at as some kind of like magical thing. Like, well, I hope it's gonna happen and then everything will be fine. No, hope that tomorrow can be better means that I'm gonna put my fucking work into it. And that sometimes that doesn't work out. Like like you said, you can't just you have to push, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But that's kind of his view of hope, is that if you have hope, then you're going to put the work in. But but hope should never be this, like, fantastical, well, I prayed on it, and now let's see what God does. And yeah. Just wait for it to happen. Like, if you have hope, you have to have, you have to put the work into it. I don't necessarily agree with what you're saying. Maybe I'm being a devil's advocate. <laughs> I don't necessarily agree with that statement, but I understand what he's saying. But I don't agree that you have to put work into hope. I, I, I did well. Well, he differentiates hope I, versus faith, and he's saying like he's saying faith hope is hope and faith. He's differentiating. Yeah, like Holy faith is shit. like we might have to move forward. But like his whole thing is faith is like well, I have faith it's going to be better. That's his Ver- hope versus hope. Like I hope that it'll be better, so I'm going. But because I have hope, I'm going to put the work in. That's a whole... so it's a it's his. But I really like that viewpoint. It's interesting. You maybe should write down, please, faith versus hope. And that can be a whole podcast topic because what he just said, I think, is horseshit. I don't think that it's horseshit. I, would I know. That's why I'm saying we should have a podcast about it so we could talk about it. Okay. I mean, some of it is semantics and mm. how you interpret each of those words and how you decide to define those words. Well, we're not going to have a conversation right now, right? Because that would no. defeat the point. Apparently, so let's, we're not. We're going to move forward. Um, underneath that, the uh, so I, I guess with the fuck you versus thrill seeking, the other thing to point out is that in when I say you kind of have a fuck you mindset, it's fuck you to the people that say you can't, not yeah. fuck you to everybody because no, I want to help people. Yeah, like you, it's the fuck you to anybody who says that I can't, then fuck you. But for everybody else, you you know you're incredibly compassionate. I try to be a good person. I think that you are. I try to be. Um, underneath that, there's some notes about dopamine rush for proving oneself, uh, kind of competition, which you already addressed. And then underneath that is even Dr. Seuss, oh, the places you'll go. There's a line uh, about lonely games too. Games you can't win because you'll play against you. Yeah. So say more about the, because I just, I, I know nobody could see this but me, but his nonverbals, like, he just sank a little bit. Like, that was, <laughs> like I could see the heaviness in that, like, the lonely games too. Games you'll play against. Games you can't win because you'll play against you. There was a like you could see his shoulders drop and his whole chest. Like there's some heaviness there. Lay it on me, baby. Yeah. G- games you can't win because you play against you. That's tough. 
Um, I don't know if everybody ever experiences this. I know I have, but like, it's that you have to, uh, the fighting yourself to make sure you do it has to get done, no matter how hard it is. And there's no op, there's no opponent, there's no opposition, there's no force preventing you from doing this thing outside of your own decision-making fucking process. And that's it. The only thing stopping you from completing this thing is your decision, your choice. The only thing that you have control over. And there'll be some part of your little fucking monkey brain that'll be like, don't worry about it right now. And you have to fight that. Procrastination. Yeah, you gotta fight it. And it's a fucking battle. Especially if you're a person that does do procrastination. Or if the hobby it is that you chose is something that requires a lot of inactivity of just sitting you know like things like that but you know there's something that needs to be done how do you do it and the thing about it is is the only thing stopping you from doing it is you Mm -hmm. and in between that is just excuses every fucking excuse you could possibly think of you'll make it you'll make it for yourself for everything for not doing this for not doing that for doing this for doing that for whatever the fuck it is you want you'll create your entire own narrative around your own imaginative bubble just so you can make the wrong fucking choice and distract yourself so what's the line from dr seuss uh you'll play lonely games too games you can't win games you can't win because you play against you yep and that's that's just isn't that kind of setting yourself up for failure when you're playing against yourself but it happens oh yeah it's not fake you can't win all those fights you're gonna lose some you're gonna lose more than what you want you're gonna lose you're gonna lose enough to if i feel like if you're taking the proper amount of risks you're gonna lose enough where you start to start you start questioning yourself in my I opinion. Mean, isn't that kind of the point, though? Like, Yes. If you want to stop doing that, you have to realize that you're only playing against yourself. You have to always push yourself. And constantly push yourself. As soon as you realize that you're only playing against yourself, then you have decisions to make. And you still, might fa- like, you still might lose those games, but you have to realize that I lost this because of myself. Yep. Take responsibility and ownership for the fact that you fucked that up because of you. Yeah. And that's... A real hard pill to swallow. But, man, I've done it. I feel like other people can do it. Absolutely. And, I mean, I feel like I, I got a little emotional there about it because it's a, it's a very close sentiment to my heart. I know that any type of failure or loss that I've had in my life where I didn't fulfill my own goals, it was no one's fucking fault but my own. No one's. Ever. It was always me. I know that. I fucking know that. And that provides me two things. One, comfort in the fact that those around me I know I can love and trust because they wouldn't hurt me. And two, that I know my biggest fucking opponent is myself. I know whenever I do art, whenever I paint something, I'm the fir- I'm the first person to be like, ah, I fucking should have been more left. Like I'm the first person to critique it. Like other people will be like, well, that's nice. I'm like, ah, ah, ah fucking lines aren't sharp like so you got to push yourself to be your best version of yourself all of the time in my opinion i agree with that holistically 
But it did make me think of something because you were talking about when you, anytime you've lost and you failed at something that was a goal, it made me think of, and this is very specific to me, but I feel like it has broader applications. There have been times that I've strived for something and there's a couple jobs that I had gone for that I did not get. And so one could look at them as, well, I, you know, I was trying to get this higher level job and I didn't get it. So I, if I wanted to, I could look at that as a failure. But in hindsight, about three months after the other person got the job, what I had realized was I dodged a fucking bullet. Sure. So rather than look at that as a failure that I had, or any type of a loss, it was really serendipitous that I didn't get that. But don't you think deep down, and maybe this is just my competitive nature, don't you think deep down though, even if you got it and that bullet was shot at you, you'd been able to neo that shit and be like, I could fix that. Even if I could, what I realized about three months after not getting it was, oh, that would have fucking sucked. I didn't really want what I thought I wanted. And so me not getting it well, was happened. a blessing. I think that happens to a lot of people. Yeah. So I think sometimes with, with like that kind of a thing, sometimes what looks like a failure or looks like a loss bad, is very much a blessing that you just haven't realized why yet. So with the two jobs that I'm thinking of that I had applied for, one I didn't even get to be interviewed because that, that's how shitty that place was. Really dodged a bullet you don't there. You anything to do with you? Maybe you wore the wrong pants? Were you wearing slacks that day? No, they had already handpicked who they wanted it to be. Mm. And I watched that person struggle in a shit show of a job. And the other one, too, where I, I did get through the whole interview process and they decided to go for somebody else. And I watched that person struggle through a shit show of a job. And three months in, I realized, ooh, ooh I'm glad I didn't have to do that. Because, yeah, I might have been fine but I would have been miserable. So sometimes something that looks like a loss, you just dodged a motherfucking bullet. Sometimes things that look like a loss turn out to be, hey, this is like McConaughey's book. What you thought was a red light turned out to be a green light. Yeah, I got to All go right. in a totally different direction in both cases. That how, way that much better suits me. How far along are we on the potpourri? We are 40, uh, almost 43 minutes not, into not the, the time. Time? The book. Oh, like through our topics? Yeah. We've covered, covered two pages of potpourri topics. How many pages are left? One, two, three, four. So we got plenty of, many, many potpourri topics left, right? At least five. All right, fuck it. Guys, listen. You know what the tip of the day is? Just recognize the fact that you're not just watching children grow up. They're watching you grow old. Do it respectfully. Have some honor with it. Just, I think that's... I like that. Yeah, I like that. If I could share a little quip with that. Sure. Makes me think about my mom. And so I watched her grow old, obviously. She had me when she was a bit older. Um, but I remember when she was 68. 
So she died at 70, but when she was 68 years old, I was on the phone with her and she told me that that day was the first day she had ever felt old in her life. And while why she felt old is sad and it is not really the point of the story, the fact that up until 68, she never felt old. Good for her. I think is a hell of a way to live. I, I like that. So she gave me a good example of how to grow old. Some dignity. Toby Seven, everybody. And Gus. Nope. The Gus. Alright. Everybody. Uh, it's a long one, but it was a potpourri. We're going to do these every couple months, maybe. I don't know. We love you. Write us in if you want. Mediocre.marriaging at gmail.com Toby7 and the Guz. Fucking out, son. <laughs> <laughs>